Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The media cannot stand it when somebody is slaying their shibboleth of trans ideology. Nikki Haley has an October 7th conspiracy theory for us all. Plagiarism is the new white supremacy. All of it combined must mean one thing. It's the end of the week, and you would be right. I'm Andrew Coppins, and that means best and worst takes coming your way on the end of the week edition of Critical Thinking. Boy, oh boy, we have a ton coming your way right here on the show. But before we get into our best and worst takes of the week, you know the drill by now. You can follow me on X. You can follow me on Facebook at The Coppins Show. That's C-O-P-P-E-N-S, C-O-P-P-E-N-S. You can also make sure to download, rate, review the podcast if you're listening. Thank you so very much. Make sure you review this podcast, rate us, give us a five-star, four-star, whatever. Leave the one-stars alone. But seriously, folks, give us your honest opinion of the show. And by us, I mean, of course, Pat working in the background and me up front um, on this program. Uh, Pat made a contribution or two to where we go with the best and worst takes of the week this week. But beyond all of that, a very simple download, a very simple subscription on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, or even just simply reposting, liking on X, the show, because we do post the show every single day on my X account at The Coppin Show. Doing something as simple as that, increasing the reach, increasing the uh, ability for other people to see this show without you having to do anything other than hitting a simple button. I'm not asking you for money. I'm not asking you for anything other than that. So as we start 2024, let's start it off strong And that means we've got to take on the worst takes of the week. And boy, oh boy, was it a difficult race to narrow down. But I think these are three of the worst takes I have seen.
And up first, Nikki Haley's neocon take on Hamas and Putin. This is something that we talked about earlier this week on the program. But here is Nikki Haley's take on why Hamas attacked on October 7th. Remember when I told you Putin hit rock bottom? Hamas invaded Israel and did all that brutality on October 7th. October 7th is Putin's birthday. Who's the happiest person in the world right now? Putin, why? Because the US and the West took all their eyes off of Ukraine and what we do started looking at Israel. Did Putin call Netanyahu? Nope, not for 10 days. You know who he did call? Hamas. They came the next day and they held hands and said they were friends. We now know the Russian intelligence is what helped Hamas know how to get through that barrier. See the connection. Yeah, see the connection, except for, again, like we talked about, the real connection is this idea of nationalistic um, economics versus the internationalistic economics. But let's leave aside the 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 attempt to link October 7th, the date, between Hamas and Putin as if that was any sort of consideration there. Let, let's lay that to the side because the other part of this is, well, we took our eye off of Ukraine and, and only focused. No, we didn't. And how do I know that? Nikki, I got a simple question for you as you run for president of the United States of America. Have we given much aid to Israel at all? Turns out next to nothing. And why? Because Congress, the Senate, have tied the two together to make sure for your purposes, right, that we are not, quote unquote, taking our eye off of the Ukrainian ball. So what are you talking about? Has anybody taken their eye off of it? Or is it that more and more people are figuring out, hang on, hold up, wait a minute. Fighting this proxy war doesn't make sense. If we're going to fight, let's fight. If not, no. Let's stop spending billions upon billions of dollars over there. We tried to decouple the two because they are actually two separate things when it comes to how we want to support, okay? There are a multitude of reasons why all of this is insane. But the most important reason that this is one of the worst takes is because in reality, nobody has taken their eye off of Ukraine in terms of the people who have the power of the purse. That's ultimately what you're really trying to say is we've got to spend, spend, spend there and not look in the other way. You've wanted to tie the two together yourself, militarily, monetarily. That's exactly what Congress is attempting to do. But there are people who are saying, hey, no, nah, we're not going to do that trick anymore. That's the reality that's at play here. All right, so let's go ahead and move on because, well, the other part of the Middle East puzzle here is that we know that Iran is a state sponsor of terror. We know that they're the ones who gave Hamas intelligence. We know that they're the ones who are supplying and doing all of the things for Hamas and other groups. 
inside the Middle East, right? Well, Iran was attacked this week by ISIS, yeah, the Islamic State. It it turns out, hear me out on this, folks, that, wait for it, Iran and its theocracy and the Islamic State and its theocracy are at odds with each other. And they don't like each other, and then they attack each other. But Iran attempted to do this. They attempted to say, no, ISIS didn't do it. It's really the big bad devils of the United States of America and Israel from Iran. Breaking Iran parliament official statement, U.S. and Israel involved in drone attack. Quote, the terrorist attack in Kerman was carried out outside of the designated area slash agents of global arrogance, America and the Zionists were involved in this attack. The grudge against people, including Soleimani, has caused them to create this incident. Okay. Except for literally ISIS has been proving that they're the ones who did this attack. Now, would I put it past our CIA? Would I put it past Mossad to work with strange bedfellows? No. We we have a very long history, like my entire lifetime and then some of doing stuff like that. But I would also say this. ISIS is more than capable of attacking Iran on its own for its own reasons. That's as far as I want to go in breaking down the various and varied interests between Iran and ISIS and who controls what and da-da-da-da-da. That's what it's about. Now, again, can we and do we use the enemy of my enemy as my friend? Absolutely. But ISIS? We would use ISIS? The very group that we've spent 20-plus years attempting to dismantle? The very group that we attempted to... Um, dismantle inside Syria up until about five minutes ago. I'm a little skeptical of that, especially coming from Iran. I am. Just call me crazy on that one. But again, strange bedfellows, folks. We've seen it before. Okay, so that's an absolutely terrible take. But... I think the cream of the crop of terrible takes this week belongs in the world of plagiarism. Plagiarism's rules are somehow the new white supremacy. And we saw this throughout the week here. We saw this from the Associated Press. We talked about this take earlier where they noted in an article saying that Christopher Rufo, a conservative activist who helped orchestrate the effort, that effort they're talking about is Dr. Claudine Gay, who I would suggest probably doesn't deserve her doctor title anymore, but helped orchestrate the effort, celebrated her departure as a win in his campaign against elite institutions of higher education. On X, formerly Twitter, he wrote, quote-unquote, scalped, as if gay was a trophy of violence invoking a gruesome practice taken up by white colonists who sought to eradicate Native Americans. Now, that's just one of the takes that happened here but what you need to know um on this entire situation is that the ap then after getting lambasted and just 
plastered all over X and elsewhere for that insane take and for that insane written word, attempted to then buttress it with a also used by Native Americans. Again, I go back to earlier this week where I talked about this, but this practice was not an unlearned behavior by the colonists. They learned it from somewhere, and that somewhere was, wait for it, Native Americans themselves. But the noble native, right? They're they're perfect. They are just so noble. And the white oppressor colonizer, except for they would do the same thing to other tribes. And, And so I have a simple question. Who actually is the noble native? But that's not the only part of the puzzle here because that was one linkage to white supremacy. And then we had folks like Ibram X. Kendi. By the way, that not his real name. But I digress. Say the following. Racist mobs won't stop until they topple all black people from positions of power and influence who are not reinforcing the structure of racism. What these racist mobs are doing should be obvious to any reporter who cares about truth or justice as opposed to conflicts and cliques. Again, I, I just very simple question to Ibram X. Kendi as I've posed this before, are you suggesting that plagiarism should be allowed for one group and not another? If so, what are you actually saying about people of your, quote-unquote, your race? What are you saying about black people? That they are incapable of living up to a standard of original thought or, more importantly, attribution of other people's work? Is that what? Because that's really the implication here. That we have to allow plagiarism. That we have to allow some different standard here. Otherwise, it's just a vestige of white supremacy. Along the lines of Brandon Johnson talking about Greg Abbott and all of that as well. What standard exactly should? have Dr. Claudine Gay been held up to? The funny part there is none of them will answer that question. Ibram X. Kendi will never answer that question, period, point blank. That's an insane take. That is a terrible take. But folks, before we move forward beyond the worst takes, do not forget One of the main tenets of this very program, it is as simple as this. Support those who don't insult you. And one of the best ways that you can do that is by supporting businesses that care about their product, not their politics, not your politics, not anybody's politics. And that is our friends over at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout for 10% off of your purchase today. Fresh small batch, individually roasted, packaged for you, whether that's whole bean, whether that is ground coffee, they've got tea, hot cocoa, other gifts and accoutrement, as I love to use that word. But go to our friends at coffeebrandcoffee.com where they care about their coffee, not your politics, their politics, or anybody's politics. Enter that promo code CRITICALTHINKER at checkout over at coffeebrandcoffee.com for 10% off of your purchase today. 
All right. With that being said, I think it is a great time for us to get into the best takes of the week. And up first is very simply the unemployment fallacy explained. Now, well, you might be saying, what the hell am I talking about? Well, um, we get unemployment numbers every single month, right? And, and people pretend to believe that these numbers are representative of some sort of verifiable truth that the unemployment rate is is below 4% and and we're humming along as an economy but but those numbers can be data can always mean multiple things can always be fudged and here's a fine example of this because it turns out that when you actually dig into these numbers, right, as Charlie Bolello noted, the U.S. unemployment rate has now been below 4% for 23 straight months, the longest streak since the late 1960s. Okay, but Peter St. Angie notes a $2 trillion deficit and losing $5 million out of the labor force tend to do really strange things for an unemployment rate. The implication being that the unemployment rate is artificially being depressed because what you are doing is you are pulling out massive, massive amounts of people who are no longer technically in the labor force. Those who have more than six months of unemployment, those who are not being able to claim unemployment benefits anymore, those people who can't do this or that, right? The reality of the situation in front of us is there are the unemployment rate is being able to stay where it is because we have massive amounts of people disappearing from the labor force. And when you do that, combined with a smaller percentage of people coming into the unemployment, you tend to be able to squeeze into the middle numbers, right? You tend to be able to allow yourself to say one thing. Now, if you were to include the 5 million people who no longer are, quote-unquote, in the labor force but are still unemployed, what does that do to that 3.8 or 4% or 3.3 or 3.5% number? It dramatically increases it. That's why you have to understand the difference between the what is included in the unemployment rate. All right. Now, second on this list is, as we've seen, unfortunately, in Iowa this week. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We saw another uh, mass shooting. One dead, at least five uh, critically injured or injured, period. We saw a an alleged IED in that school in Perry, Iowa. And the individual identifying as trans non-binary. And we've seen politicians call it out. We've seen all of that. And look, I spent a year of my life. I absolutely adore the people of Iowa. I think they're some of the greatest salt of the earth people I have ever met. And it really sucks to the core to know that that community is experiencing that level of pain just as it is for everybody else. But Vivek Ramaswamy and others have taken to telling some really harsh truths to the media in response to this. And I want to watch I want you to watch how you handle the media here because he did a great job when it comes to the attacks of the left wing. And then also what not to do as a journalist. But Vivek spoke massive truth right to the face of the opponent and didn't back down. That's the reality here, folks. He didn't back down one bit. Let's talk about what, uh, white supremacy and what happened last night for a moment, because when you were talking to reporters last night, you called white supremacy a myth. When someone asked you about Dylan Roof, you said you didn't know who that is. Have you looked up what happened in 2015? Yeah, yeah look, I, I, I've said I've, I said this last night. Invidious racial discrimination is wrong no matter how it happens. But if a Washington Post reporter is asking me almost like a catechism, whatever question I said, I'm against invidious racial discrimination, whatever form it takes, but says, do you denounce white supremacy? It's incumbent on us for us to define what white supremacy is. I wrote my book, Woke Inc., and I've written about the detailed understanding of what the popular understanding of these terms have come to mean. Do you believe punctuality is a vestige of white supremacy, Dasha? Look, because if you don't, then you have a disagreement about many of the people who are defining those terms or the written word or the use or the nuclear family. This is I, these aren't my words. These are the words of intellectual proponents from Ibram Kendi to the Ayanna Presleys to BLM that have said these are vestiges Look, of white supremacy. So Mr. we can't have it both ways. Do, we have to have you an choose, honest you discussion. Straw man argument. I'm not, Last this is not a straw man. You brought, you brought up Jesse Smollett as the, the best Jussie example Smollett of white supremacy. was the supremacy. hottest thing in news in the back of a fake yes. actual attack on him that we have to contend with. And, this is and actually, yet, and yet, you have examples the like the Buffalo shooter Dana. in New York just in 2022. You have other examples. But you are also cherry picking when you bring up. So I'll look, I'll look at all of the statistics. More black-on-black black crime. If you really care about actual crime against black Americans, let's get to the root causes of it in the inner cities of this look, country. The anti-defamation league tracked a 38% increase in white supremacist propaganda last who's, who's year. Who's tracking that? The anti-defamation league. Yeah, the ADL, I don't think is a particularly credible source so when they have cherry-picked information. So who are we supposed to look to when we're talking about I would this? Suggest, I would suggest, look at the, there's a table, two-by-two two table. 
federal law enforcement data, which you could say what you do. Maybe maybe we shouldn't believe that either. But okay. look at black on Asian crime, black on black crimes, crime. The FBI hate black crime statistics. That's a, a law enforcement agency. Uh, 59.1% was based on itself. race, ethnicity, I look at absolute and violence. ancestry, saying hate crimes rose 12% between 2020 doctor. and 2021. Look at the absolute crimes themselves. What they classify as a hate crime is itself a political judgment. I think that when you actually care about protecting life, if you want to say black lives matter, let's look at where black lives are actually being lost. It's in the cities at the heart of other look, black Americans and criminals. And this, and that's that are absolutely by the issue that we talk about as well. Police, but are we, we supposed to ignore white supremacist hate crimes? We're not supposed to ignore any kind of crime, Dasha. That's what I say. But what I see is a selective reporting. Take the Nashville Transgender Shooter Manifesto. Every shooter manifesto in a mass shooting has been released within 48 hours, except for that one shooter in Nashville. Now, it ended up being leaked. What do you see? It wasn't uh, it wasn't a white supremacist. It was somebody that was actually making fun of using derogatory terms. I okay, believe so why are you okay talking about that manifesto and not talking about the manifesto from the 2015 I'm more than okay talking about both. But what I'm asking is, why is the mainstream media suppressed that one? Why did the police suppress that one? Why was that the one shooter manifesto that of all of the mass shootings, every other shooter manifesto has been released? I'm focused on that one because that's the one that's been hidden from us. And it comes back to the point of my candidacy and the way I'm going to run this country. Trust the people with the truth. I agree. Trust the people with the truth. For far too long, we have seen people in positions of power, whatever you want to call it, not do that. And I think that's been a very big disservice to this country. And that's exactly how you hit. Notice how riled up Dasha got. Notice how riled up NBC's reporters got as he literally dared them to, to actually talk about the issues and just said, no, I'm not accepting your premise. Nah, brah, not going to happen. No, thank you. I loved every single second of that take. Every single second of shoving it right down their throat. That is exactly how you deal with the media. 100%. Now, let's go ahead and move on to another take involving trans ideology and Nashville shooter. Well, it's really more about what took place in Iowa because this one comes from Todd Erzin um, of the Steve Dace show. And he noted just a, well, just 24 hours or so ago that the idol that needs to be smashed today is that trans is anything other than physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual terrorism. I find this to be an absolutely great take because we continue to see time after time after time, there's been at least a dozen in the past few years of these shootings and these incidences happening from people who identify as either LGBTQ, AILNOP, or trans. They identify as either non-binary, whatever you want to call it, okay? And doing these things. And we have to understand that this is somehow, we have to get to the bottom of the ideology, the mental state of these individuals that allows them to, cre to create these situations do we also have to deal with how we treat one another as a society absolutely we do but this is absolute domestic terrorism at its core that's what this is and it's activism being manifested into action 
violent action. And that is a line that we should never allow to be crossed. As a society, can we pull it back? I don't know what that answer is. I honestly don't. I honestly don't. But I think this is a great take. There are emotional issues. There are psychological issues that need to be dealt with for this crowd that are not being addressed, that are not being dealt with, that if dealt with properly, if attempted to be dealt with in a psychological, emotional, mental capacity, likely lessen the chance of this happening in the future. But are we addressing that? No. No, we're not. Because trans everything must reign supreme according to the hard left who own the institutions of power in this country today. And they will not allow for the conversation about mental health to dominate the conversation of trans ideology, because in order to do so would be to recognize that this is a mental issue. And it is a very, very, very deadly mental issue for those individuals and apparently now the broader society. Failing to deal with the core will result in way, way worse things down the road. Anything short of a repudiation of this gender-affirming, gender ideology, anything short of disavowing, dismantling, destroying, whatever you want to call it, of that ideology in academia, in politics, in culture, anything short of it is a disservice to us all. That's the reality. Now, we've got one more of the best takes. Actually, two more um, on the best takes. But this one comes from Hannah Cox, talking about college being useless. So let's just go right to the take. This is from The Atlantic. The plagiarism war has begun. Claudine Gay was taken down by a politically motivated investigation. Would the same approach work for any academic? Hannah Cox notes, college is a joke. Most employers should stop requiring degrees and find better metrics for evaluating character, work ethic, and talent. Yes, please. Yes, please. I've said this, and in fact, I said it this week. I, I fervently believe that one of the answers is to de-emphasize the, the need for college. And we have to rethink how we do education on every level in our society, mainly, in my view, because of the influence of technology, the influence of AI, the influence of where we are as a society. And this seemingly endless need of specialization that isn't somehow at our fingertips, except for it actually is. And what you really are trying to find in a good employee is people of character, people of somewhat expertise, but not always. And, and I'm a living example of this. I went from answering phone calls from pissed off people parking cars to analyzing our entire operation, to developing an understanding 
a deep problem with the potential for uh, misuse and abuse and fraud of our system to building an entire fraud prevention department. Do I have a degree in data analysis? No, I just have an analytical brain. And that's more important in a lot of cases than some sort of specialized degree because I can learn some of the tools of the trade, right? On the job. Now, there are very specific things that college helps you with. An engineering degree is a good example. Um, being a doctor, all of that sort of stuff. There are very big specializations, but my question would be, couldn't you just get those portions of those degrees while maybe working for a company and building some character and building some understanding and job skills at the same time? Absolutely you could. We don't have to have a society in which you spend four years at an institution that has nothing to really give back to society for. I think that we would be better off having a much broader conversation of what we want as a society, what we think is going to be a positive for our society, and all of it. That is the reality that is in front of us. But, folks, having said all of that, um, we have one more best take that we have to get to. And I know that I've done a lot of best takes, but, folks, there is definitely one more we need to take in. And that final take is going to come from Ron DeSantis. Yes, that's right, folks. DeSantis at a town hall at CNN. Again, I don't understand the need to go to these places, but they're there. A town hall in Iowa said for the first time that I can remember from a major absolute contender candidate for the president of the United States, bye-bye to the IRS. He literally just said it out loud. Florida as well. You have no income tax. You have said that you believe other states should follow Florida's, follow Florida's lead on that. If you were president, would you eliminate the federal income tax? Oh, I mean, can I stop dreaming? I mean, like, wouldn't you like to eliminate the IRS? And have, what I would want is I just I think I would eliminate the IRS, have a single rate uh, and, and just do like a flat tax. Uh, I think that would be the ideal tax system uh, to be able to do. Take away the distortions. And what happens is Florida is a good example of this. We have low tax and we cut taxes and yet we attract more investment and our economic base expands. So I run these big budget surpluses where we're paying down debt by lowering rates. I think you look at some of the other states that are high tax states, they tax, they cause businesses to flee and individuals to flee. Then they go back to the well and they tax more and it's like a vicious cycle. So low rates, uh, broad base, ultimately is the best and most conducive to economic growth. But you growth. would push to eliminate the federal income tax. I wanna, I wanna eliminate the IRS. <laughs> Uh, and I would like a flat, one single rate, uh, flat tax. Is, uh, obviously, would, I would only do it if it was lower taxes for everybody, but that is the ideal tax system. Governor, I want to bring in Eric. When is the last time you've heard anybody say that out loud in a Republican debate, period, or in, a, in any sort of real televised forum or any of that? Maybe Steve Forbes? Maybe was the last time we saw that? Now, do I think that this is something that would be passable, that um, 
is more pie in the sky, I do believe that to be true. I do believe that this would be pie in the sky, if you want to call it that. A thousand percent believe that to be true. But that notwithstanding, I also happen to believe that this is an example of why supporting a Ron DeSantis candidacy is more becoming more palatable to me because he is just speaking truth. This is what I believe, come what may of it. But I absolutely believe, economically speaking, this is go- this would be beneficial to our society. This would absolutely be very, very beneficial. And we can imagine this, having, having an actual argument over tax policy, over rate, over whatever else have you. Wouldn't that be a great position to be in? Now, we have way bigger, way more fundamental problems that exist, but this would solve one or two of the fundamental issues once we get past some of the bureaucratic stuff and once we can understand that we are a society focused on liberty, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, right? If we can agree that that is still the place that we want to be, then let's have this conversation. But When is the last time, again, that you've heard that from a candidate? I don't know when that is. And with that, folks, I hope each and every single one of you has an amazing weekend. I know that I'm going to be cheering on my Packers. Go Pack Go for a win and in to the playoffs. In Jordan Love's first year as a starter, never thought. I had no expectations, zero expectations of this season. And if we could get there in year one, oh boy, howdy, would that be interesting, especially given the defense, given the injuries, given all of those things. So that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend, cheering on my pack. Go, pack, go. But for you guys, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals this weekend. And as always, Matthew 547.